Hey friends, welcome to Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Our hope here at Twirl Talk is that this is a place where you can come for wholehearted advice and encouragement in the midst of planning your wedding, but also for life far beyond that. This is a collection of really fun conversations with a variety of people, both in the wedding industry and outside of it, that simply want to come together and help you thrive the best that you can in every season of your life. So basically, this is like having life chats with your besties over a glass of wine and figuring out how not to lose your mind in the midst of all the crazy. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, then sister, you're in good company here. Surprise! (laughs) I've got a surprise episode for you guys for season three. Uh, This is actually a follow up episode to the episode we had with Jess Connolly, who is our most recent guest on the podcast, when we talked to all about her new book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, which is, I'm telling you right now, probably top three, if not most favorite episode we've ever had to date. I loved it. I love Jess. I love that conversation thought and still think it is an incredibly important just topic to talk about and to infiltrate into our lives. And I don't know, just go back, listen. So you have context for what this episode is. Um, I had the great privilege of being on a podcast panel with several other amazing podcasters with Jess, where we each got to kind of have a Q and a session and everybody asked questions. She answered them all pertaining to her book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, and what that looks like in different capacities. So the panel itself was two hours long. (laughs) This episode is not going to be two hours long. I um, picked certain questions that I felt like would serve our listeners best. So um, I'll, I'll have a list available of all the other podcasts that were involved in the panel. So you can go if you want and check out all of their episodes surrounding this panel conversation. But I picked and cherry picked the ones that I felt like would best serve you guys. So we talk about singleness. We talk about marriage again. We talk about motherhood. We talk about what do we do about weight loss in the context of breaking free from shame? How do we just do this? What does true beauty mean? What does... What are some questions we can think through that help us embrace freedom when it comes to um, breaking free from body shame? So I loved this panel. It was such a privilege to be a part of. And yeah, I hope that this follow-up episode encourages you guys and just continues to stir this conversation because it's going to change the world. It's going to change our lives independently, but it's going to, when it changes our lives personally, and we live out this freedom, it's going to change the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with myself, multiple new friends, and our very favorite, Jess Conley. So the first person who is up is Amber Collum from Grace Enough. Please ask your question. Thanks, Jess. So you had a friend who spoke something into you, wild hope over you, and they said, I used to feel like you, but I don't anymore. And so many of us have done that same thing, right? We've looked in the mirror, we've said all kinds of horrible things about ourselves, and then we've woke up the next morning and said, I'm made in the image of God, I'm not going to do this again. And then the cycle goes on and on and on. And so will you share a little bit of your body image journey with us and really how you broke that cycle of body shame? 
Such a good question. And honestly, I love that these questions are combined. So yeah, I had this friend who did come to me and say, this was in a season actually where I was struggling with depression. And she said, you know, I used to feel like you, I think you could feel better. And, and at the time I was really fighting her on, I was fighting her on like whether or not I was okay. I was like, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's fine. And she was like, but I, I really, I used to feel like you and I think you could feel better. And so that kind of, that kind of offer, that kind of exactly what you just said, that kind of wild hope put on the table really shifted everything for me and changed everything for me because I thought maybe if I'm not feeling okay, I could actually feel better. But that was the most important part for me of breaking free from body shame, of saying, I don't feel okay. I don't feel okay right now. And I had to do that in the same way with this journey. I had to get to a place where I said, like, I don't feel free and I don't love my body. And it's been interesting in, in publishing and in putting the book out that uh, one of the most interesting and, and for me, sad rebuttals I've heard to breaking free from body shame is the women who say, like, I don't think this is really that big of an issue. I don't think this is really that big. I think it's just you. I think people are just sensitive. Um, or like, I don't know, maybe we should just think about our bodies less. And, and, and I don't know, I don't necessarily understand that perspective. Maybe those people don't talk to women a lot, or maybe they don't watch TV. I'm not sure. Um, but I can't open my eyes without seeing a woman hate her body or talk about hating her body. Um, I can't go to church without hearing a woman talk about hating her body. Um, and I certainly, I certainly can't consume any media, but that being said, I think that I really do believe in abundance. I believe that Jesus Christ came, that we might have life abundant. And I think that while we're alive, we're going to live under the effects of the fallen world. We're going to have sickness. We're going to have pain. We're going to have all kinds of hurt. And yet spiritually there is more for us on the table. There's freedom, there's healing, there's abundance, there's hope, all of that. And I just want it. I want all of what God has to offer. I don't want to, I don't want to leave anything behind. So that's a really long answer to say, I, I actually genuinely believe the most important part of breaking free from body shame is, is women being able to say, I don't feel free in my body. I don't actually love my body, but I, I want to believe that I could. I want to believe that God does and that that changes everything. There's a lot of steps after that, but honestly, it's like um, what I, I call it um, the gateway drug to self-care, you know? So I, I always say like taking care of my skin is like the gateway drug to self-care. When I wash my face, like then I want to drink water. When I wash my face, then I want to brush my hair. When I wash my face, then I really care about like how I'm taking care of the rest of my body. That's a, this is a really silly example, but that's the same way. Like deciding that you want to actually love your body and deciding that maybe even maybe letting this truth that you don't letting that hit the light will lead to so much freedom. Perfect. Okay. Next we have Melissa Johnson from impossible beauty. Sorry. I am on a plane. I'm going actually to, uh, um, to Savannah for a body a Christian body image conference. So, um, wow. random, random coincidence. Um, so I'm actually speaking on it. So, um, anyway, with that, um, my question for you is, um, how do you define true beauty? What a great question. How do I define true beauty? I would say that I've never considered that question. So I'm thankful for it. Um, I think that I'll say this when I've been asked before, like what, what fires me up or what gets me excited? 
my most favorite thing to look at, and I, and I can say this, my most favorite thing to look at is women worshiping. Um, and whether that is like women, you know, in like actual worship, like in a, in a Christian service with their hands raised or whatever, or whether that's like a woman sitting at a desk doing some writing, or that's a mom at the park, like running after her kids and laughing and enjoying them. Or, um, my friend, Kristen making, making like muffins because she's an incredible chef. Um, for me, I would say without ever having thought about it super specifically. I feel like women worshiping is beauty to me, women letting themselves be image bearers of God and acknowledging that, um, saying like I'm made in his image. And, and because of that, this is what I do. This is what I get to do. This is who I am. I think that's probably my, my definite. And, and that's when I tend to feel the most beautiful when I'm showing up wherever he's asked me to be being who he's asked me to be feeling free and whole in that. All right, next up is Erin from Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. Hi, Jess. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm really excited for your book. So good, Erin. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Okay, so I want to know what position do you take in the book regarding the pursuit of weight loss? Well, Erin, that's a good question and a hard one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, people ask me all the time, like, what's the plan? Tell me what the plan is. What's where it's you get to chapter eight and there's like an eight step plan or like a two step plan or like a four step plan. What's the plan? Um, so my perspective on weight loss, my perspective on exercise, my perspective on diet is I think worship is the plan. And I think worship looks different for everybody. And Romans 12 tells us that when we submit our bodies to God, that we will hear his true and perfect will for us. And so I absolutely see scenarios where people are going to be like, listen, the healthiest thing for me, the healthiest thing for my body would be to lose a few pounds um, so that I could, um, you know, take better care of myself so that I could love my people better so that I can serve and move better. And I would say like, that is a you and God, that is what you get to hear from God and, and how you do that and how you move forward in that if it's worshipful, if it's treating your body like it's good, I will be the last person who could say that's right and or wrong. Um, The questions I would ask and that I do ask in the book are, um, what's the motivation for weight loss? What is the, what are the benchmarks that we're using? I think that a lot of the, the benchmarks that we use for what we should weigh specifically in American culture tend to be pretty shame-based. Um, I'm referencing things like I weighed this particular weight at my wedding and, and I've always wanted to get back to that. Like, was that worshipful? Is that healthy? Is that realistic? Is that good for your body? Um, so I would, I would, I, if I was going to sit with a friend, I might ask lots of like sweet pokey questions like that. Um, but I think the plan, the, the stance for me is worship. That's so good. The plan is worship. I can get behind that. That's all it is. All right. Michaela from a table for two. You're up next. Hi, Jess. Oh my gosh. I have, I'm like joy unspeakable right now. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I have, I, I mostly coach and mentor single women through a course called the Savvy Single. Um, and I have a life group for churches. And one of the modules is called Redefining Sexy. Because uh, I just think it's so important to push back on the cultural narrative that is often like shoved down our throat. 
and really study what God says about beauty and that it's okay to feel sexy. Um, in fact, the owner of bar three is in my course and I was an instructor for three years before I got injured. Um, but it. just bar three actually really helped me change my mindset in fitness mm -hmm. um, and look in the mirror differently. So, but my question is specific to single women, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we feel this need to like lead with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, so what would you either tell yourself when you were single or just in general, tell single women, and then maybe a tool that would help to like implement or strengthen that thought? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say it's hard out here for the single girls. First of all, yeah. we, we feel this for you. Like we're on your team. This is 2021 is not a joke. Um, for the women who are single, that being said, God is mighty in you. Your season is not like a waiting room. I don't know that I've ever hated an analogy more. Um, you have the fullness of God in your body, in your life, in your gifting. There is nothing you have to wait on. Um, but it's hard out here for the single girls, mostly because I feel like men are going through a little bit of a thing right now. They're getting some stuff together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe cut that. <laughs> I love it. It's honest. I, these are the conversations I'm having with my single friends. Um, okay. That being said, what a great question. What do, what do you say to the women who are, are feeling like they need to lead with their bodies? Absolutely. Um, I would say that this is how God changes the world. He uses people and often historically he uses women to step in and shift culture and the way that it's going. So right now, the current narrative for women is your body has to be acceptable for you to seem desirable. Your body often has to fit multiple cultural standards for you to seem, um, I don't even know, like, I don't even know. The thing is, all of that is demonic. It's like, it's not even not true. It's not just not true. It's demonic. It is from the pit of hell. It's not good. We, we would never, we can't, we can't talk to people like that anymore. We can't talk to women like that anymore. Um, so I would say, I'm so sorry for the women who have to break free from this narrative by just stepping into it and by knowing their value and their worth in things other than their body and their aesthetic. But that is how culture will change. When they show up in communities, when they show up in churches, when they show up at their jobs, when they show up in families and say like, I have all of this. I have these gifts. I have these desires. I have these ideas. I have I have all of this value wrapped up in me and, 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 and I also have this good body that doesn't have to hide and that doesn't, that I don't have to leave behind and that I don't have to squelch. Um, but, um, I don't know. I think like just deciding we, we break that cultural narrative and we fight it by just deciding that we're going to bring everything else to the table. And so I have a few single friends who are just doing this so well by just saying like my gift, we're going to, I'm going to use my gifts now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the things that I, that I need to talk about with people. I'm going to start those conversations. I'm going to lead. Um, when God asked me to lead, I'm going to cultivate community. I'm going to be fruitful. Um, all of those things just feel so, so, so important to me in breaking this cultural narrative that we're more than just our aesthetic appropriateness, mm -hmm. according to someone else's standard that I, I don't even know who's getting to decide this. 
I love that. I love that so much. One of the things I'm trying to teach them too is how to compliment one another different Yes, as yes. well. So like non-physical compliments. So good. And, um, and that's been really cool to kind of, cause I catch myself doing the same thing. And uh, so I think that could even help too, to begin to change it us as women together as a community, that collective wisdom. So good. I think that's a really big deal. Like affirming each other's gifts and values and strengths. Absolutely. Outside of our bodies, outside of our, I keep saying the word aesthetic because that's what it feels like. It, it's like, it's more than just like what your body looks like. It feels like, how do you look? Yeah. And I think sometimes calling it what it is helps us realize like how gross and broken it is, yep. you know? Um, like that's so that like, man, it's 2021. We should know better. We got to know better. Let's do better. Like, it's not just about how people look. I can't believe we're still here. We so much more to offer. And, and that's not to say that our bodies like have to be muted or take a back seat. They get to right. come along too, but um, yeah, we've got a lot of other things to, to offer and to bring to the table. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah. And, and here's one more addendum. Um, not letting men, like not letting men lead them in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and, and I, again, I say this with so much compassion because we didn't start this fight and Jesus is the one who's going to end it. But I do hear from so many single women who say like, but you don't understand like this is the only way I'm going to get a husband. And I would just say like, reject that in Jesus name. Yes. That is saying like, I don't, I just, I'm going to have to live in this bondage forever. Don't, don't live into that bondage. All right. Up next, we have Liz Cox from the Twirl Talk podcast. Liz, 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 Liz. Hi, 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 hi. Liz is my pal. <laughs> hi, Liz. Um, so we've talked already. We got a whole podcast, but um, I have had such incredible feedback about you sharing your body not being a project, and that we get to pull the lever on that train. Um, can you like dig into it? I would love to hear you talk about it specifically. Um, my podcast is for brides, um, and we talk about the wedding day feels like the ultimate project. Um, and what does it look like? I would love to hear you again talk about what does it look like to pull the lever on that and to say, no, no, in Jesus' name, my body is not a project. This this wedding day is not a project. All, all the things that come in that season, I love that this is coming after talking about singleness and then going into like, okay, so we're going to like lead in that and then, you know, Lord willing, um, get the desire fulfilled of getting married, um, but it doesn't stop, you know, like if we're not careful and we're not healthy, um, we can just keep going in a whole new direction of like, oh, I've got to, I've got to prep, I've got to prep for this. And, um, yeah, I just love your perspective on, on what it looks like to be a bride free of body shame. Yeah, absolutely. Your wedding is obviously um, about so much more than that moment. And it's about so much more than the pictures. And I think sometimes when we just get that out of our, our mouths and we say that out of our mouths, we realize like, what do you actually want this to feel like? What do you actually want this day to be like? And that actually applies to any other moment where we would want to treat our bodies like projects. So the big one we're here, I'm hearing from women right now, obviously in the middle of summer is vacation. I'm hearing from so many women who are saying, you know, 
uh, my vacation's coming up. I don't want to put the bathing suit on. I don't even want to go on my vacation. Um, I, I'm going to put on the bathing suit because I have to because it's hot, but I'm going to feel bad the whole time. And so I, I'm a very big believer in women accessing God-given desire. And I just think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough time to access just God-given desire. So I would just like say like, hey, shake your head. What do you want it to be like when you go on vacation? What do you want it to be like on your wedding day? What do you want that anniversary dinner? What do you want it to be like? Graduation day, if that's if that's like the timeline that you're working toward, where it's like, what do you what what do you want to bring to the table? What do you want to experience? What do you want it to feel like? What do you want to do? What do you want to say? And I think what's so cool about most women is that if we pause and we shake our heads and we give ourselves just enough time to answer that, we will not say like, I want to look like a Barbie. Like we will say like, I want to love people well. I want to feel peace. I want to go slow enough that I can soak up every minute. Or I want to see people or I want to laugh till my belly hurts. You know, I want to, I want to lay on the beach watching my kids till my skin burns because I'm just like burning the memory of, of them playing into my brain. Um, I say all that to say one of the best things that I think we can use to fight a project-based mentality is desire. What do you want? Culture is going to tell you what you should do, what you should be like, take just enough of a deep breath to say like, is that really what you want? Is that really what you want? Do you want unrealistic pictures? pictures that you can never get back to, or do you want to experience abundance and healing and wholeness and people and like laughing and dancing and sweating and, and, and joy. Cause all that's sweaty and wild and real and none of it's tidy. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my honest answer. What do you want? What do you want? I think that'll help us fight the project based mentality. I love it. Thanks friend. I love that. It's so good. All right. The next question is for, is from Victoria from the Saturday mornings podcast, but it, I don't believe she's here, but for the people who are SVP, I promised them I would still ask their question. So what is the question that was healing for you to process through as you started your journey of breaking free from body shame? A question that was really healing for me, um, is what will freedom look like for you? I think that if we don't know where we want to go, and if we don't have means to capture what healing and wholeness could look like for us, then, then we won't really ever know when we get there. And the other reason why I think that question is really helpful is because I think a lot of us probably need to say out loud um, that freedom may not look like meeting and fitting cultural expectations. So one thing, if, if when that question was asked of me, like, hey, what will freedom look like? What would you free in your body look like? I think someone asked me that. What would you free in your body look like? And um, what my what my spirit said and what my, my, my mind said were two different things. Like what my mind wanted to say was a certain size. And what my mind wanted to say was like other people thinking I'm pretty. And what my mind wanted to say was like all these like really cultural um, temporal expectations. And so once I had to really think on that question, I had to say like, okay, what I want is to be free. And so I'm going to have to move toward that. Um, and that might mean that I'm even potentially move away from these other things. 
um, that I give up fighting for and moving toward and toward and striving for those things. So I, that's a question I would ask a lot of women. What do you think freedom will look like for you? And what's cool is I perceive that a lot of people are going to be able to, to describe something. I hope and pray this. I hope and pray that a lot of people would describe something that they could actually just live out today. Even if they're scared, even if it doesn't real, feel right for it. So as an example, a lot of women would say like feeling free to me would be wearing the bathing suit to the pool. And so I would say like, cool news. You just can do that today. That's available. Right. The next one is from Rachel Adams uh, from the love offering. She asks as mothers, how do you suggest we change the body narrative for our sons and daughters in the way they love themselves and love others? This is a great question. How do we change the narrative as mothers for our sons and daughters to help them love their bodies and love others? So I'm going to bullet point it. Number one, we literally never, 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 I'm going to say one more time, never talk negatively about our bodies or anybody else's bodies ever, 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 ever. We literally never do that. And when we do, we immediately say to our kids, I am sorry. I was wrong. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I should not have done that. I'm so sorry. I think to a lot of people that might sound really extra, but that's how we do it. We, I'm, if my kids were to hear me so much as sigh in frustration over my body, I would stop what I was doing and say like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Let's start over. My body is good. Let's keep going. Um, so there's number one. Now here's the great news. If someone's listening and they're like, well, I failed at that one. I already talk negatively about my body all the time. Or like my kids have definitely heard me talk negatively about other people's bodies. Here's the great news. The world changes when people repent. When we say we're sorry and we are motivated by the grace of God and people see us change, that is how the world changes. So your kids are not ruined. Their lives are not over. You actually have a canvas of, of grace to work from so that they can see your mind be changed and your life be changed. And you're, you're then not only normalizing and celebrating like beautiful kingdom body mentality, but also they're also seeing you be sorry, which is like incredible and changes the world. I tell people all the time, I don't know if my kids are going to know the 50 states when they leave my house. I don't know if they're going to know how to set a table or they're definitely not going to know how to make like a, a dinner because I taught them. Um, I'm not the cooker in our house, but they are going to know how to say they're sorry because they're going to hear me apologize so much. So that's number one. We never talk negatively about our body or anybody else's body ever, ever, ever. Um, in our house, particularly, we don't talk about anybody's body in any kind of qualitative state at all. So we don't, we don't say, we call it the F word. We don't say F-A-T. We don't talk about people being skinny either. Like we just, that's not our business. That's their body. That's their, their body's good. That's not our business. Um, we're not going to talk about that. So that's number one. Um, I think the second thing that we do is that we bless our own bodies in front of our children and we bless their bodies and we bless other people's bodies. Um, so we talk about them in a positive light, not, not, um, a, 
again, like a culturally glorifying light, but we, we talk about their capability and their strength and their wholeness and their goodness. Um, people have asked me like, do you literally tell your kids their body is good? And I say, yes, I tell them their body is good. Um, when they're feeling sick, I pray for them. And I, I ask that they would feel that their body is good, that God would help their body to heal. Um, but also when they fall and they, and they trip and, and, and they're feeling broken and heavy and weary and weak, I say like, Hey, let's, let's just speak some life over your body. Um, they hear me say positive things about my body and they hear me live. They watch me live positively about my body. And so, um, I think a lot of this is innate and it's picked up. Um, but some things that have served my kids and my family in the last few years is, um, I shared earlier that I, one of, one of the, the newer forms of body shame that I've struggled with is feeling like my body is sick or feeling like it's really weak and it's infirm. And I, and I was like struggling with like treating it like that a lot instead of um, being curious about how it could heal or what it could do, even when it was experiencing weakness. So all that being said, I, I, I noticed that I was very scared of, of injury and I'm really accident prone, like super accident prone. I got a concussion last month on a water slide. Like I'm, I am the accident girl. Um, I, I, I have a frequent flyer card at the ER. I have like bruises and scrapes all over my knees at all times. So a few months ago, I got a skateboard and my kids were like, what in the world? Why did you get a skateboard? And I was like, because I'm just sick of being so scared. I'm sick of being so like frightened. And I got, my husband got it for me for Christmas. And I went out in the first like two minutes fell and like busted my leg and um I was wearing a helmet thank goodness and I wear pads and all the things but I just wanted I just wanted my kids to see like look I'm gonna try new things in my body I'm gonna I'm gonna experience bravery in my body so all that being said I think we really start with our words and we move out through our actions but I just want to give a huge a huge like lifeboat of hope to anyone which is probably most of us who hasn't done this well we actually get to change the world when we apologize to our kids and we change our behavior. And, and this can be as, as dramatic as sitting everybody down and saying like, guys, mom has not done well in this. I've, I've, I have to change. You're going to notice me changing the way I act about this. Um, whether it's you talking about your body or anybody else's. Um, and then I think this goes without saying, but let's not leave it unsaid. We never talk negatively about our kids' bodies ever. Um, we just don't. We just don't, 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 don't. The last question from the first round is from Elizabeth Foyle um, from the Faith for Every Girl podcast. What role do you believe social media plays in the way we view our bodies? Well, I don't think it's super helpful. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> what role does social media play in the way that we see our bodies? I don't think it's super helpful, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't think social media started this thing. Um, I don't think it's social media's fault. I don't hate the internet, um, but I do think it's interesting. Somebody was telling me the other day, you know, when we talk about body image, we often talk about our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts. Um, you know, a lot of people have wounds from childhood or from their family of negative things that were spoken over them, bondage that they experienced. And this person I was talking to was telling me like, you know, it seemed like in the seventies and the eighties, like women were just in so much bondage about weight loss and, um, and how their bodies looked. And you think back to the sixties and the performance-based mentality that was there. And I was like, yeah, but also now we're putting filters over our face. We are putting fake faces on 
Like we are putting fake faces on that's crazy pants. Like, can you imagine if we had told one of our grandmothers, like, you know, you really should talk about dieting less one day. We're just going to uh, fake it. We're just going to like completely touch our photos and zoop, zoop, zoop and make ourselves. I mean, like that is crazy and wild a bunch. So I don't think that, but I don't think that social media is helping. Um, I don't think it's the problem. I don't think it's the enemy, but I certainly don't think it's helping. Um, the big, my biggest issue with social media is this. Everyone's lying. Um, that's it. That's my problem. Everyone's lying. No one looks how they say they look. And that's making us all hate the way we actually look. And it's making, it's perpetuating a very false, um, reality for a lot of people. Um, I'm, I'm deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned about our daughters and our granddaughters. And um, in general, I think that this generation coming behind us is eager for freedom in a way that I certainly wasn't when I was their age. And that makes me hopeful. But at the same time, they're born, they were born into and handed a false reality about beauty. And um, that makes me nervous for them. And, and more than it makes me nervous, even from the perspective of them comparing themselves to other people in false pictures, I'm, I'm really interested in the, the effects of like filters and how they see themselves and how that's perpetuating body dysmorphia in just a really intense way. Um, so I don't think it's helping at all. I think that the cool thing is we can fight it by not lying about how we look when we go on the internet. All right, Melissa from Impossible Beauty asked, what lies about beauty have you experienced? I, I would say the most prevalent lie I've experienced about beauty is that it's one dimensional. Um, it's, it's gross and it's commercialistic and consumeristic and it's weirdly big business that like every few years or every month or every season, we like, we like prescribe what pretty is now right now. Even, um, even this is, this is getting wildly specific, even that like Pantone puts out a color of the year. I used to love that. And now I hate it a little bit. Like, don't tell me what color to like, don't tell me the best color. I'm going to like whatever colors I like. <laughs> That's how I feel a little defiant about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think beauty is so multidimensional it's so multidimensional and it, the kingdom is multidimensional. I mean, the kingdom is many colors and shapes and sizes. And if I think, I think a lot of us have to shake our heads and say like, how are you picturing eternity? So if you're picturing a lot of people who look like you or a lot of people who look how you think you want to look, you're just dead wrong. You're so wrong. Um, we're so wrong. Like it's every tribe, every color, every size, every body, beauty is so multidimensional and I, I'm, I'm like a glutton for God's glory. I want to see as much of it on earth as I can. I want to soak up as much of his goodness as I can. And that means that I have to get outside of the confines of one dimensional beauty. I love if you could just sort of like close us out and just sort yeah. of reflect on this experience and what it's meant for you. So good. So I will say this, my perspective on freedom and my perspective on breaking free from body shame from God, from God's perspective, from a kingdom mindset is just mine. Um, and it's not complete and it's not um, definite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's even like 
temporal in that I know that God's going to make my thoughts more robust and colorful and expansive in this. Um, but I pray and hope that wherever these words have found you, that they have helped you just want to hear from him about what freedom will look like for you. Um, I hope that more than anything, the defeat um, that would keep you from wanting to break free, the shame that would keep you from wanting to experience wholeness and abundance, um, that you would know that it's just canceled. It's just done. It doesn't have to have um, the final say in your life. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to obey it. You don't have to live under it in Jesus' name. So there you have it, friends. I hope this episode was a happy surprise and just a deep encouragement wherever life finds you. We love you. We're here for you. Please go pick up a copy of Jess, Jess's new book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, um, wherever you find books. And I highly recommend listening to the audiobook version because one, you get bonus content, and two, uh, it's like talking to a friend. Except you're not talking back to her, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Jess reads it, and it's awesome. So um, either way, I hope that this conversation and message encourages you forever and always, and you just you break free and live free, friends. We love you.